Welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we talk about two or three of the cool tech stories out there in the news this week and leave you with one fun library bit that you might not know about. Today, we have Chris Marhenke from the... Oops, and stop. Cancel. Welcome to Creation Station Weekly. Oh man, see, now I'm all mad. Welcome to Tech Talk Week. Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we talk about two or three of the cool tech stories of the week, leave you with one fun library fact and get you on your way. This week, we have Chris Marhenke from the Dania Library. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing well, thank you. Yourself? Life has been good. I just had a really fun time watching the uh, NASA land, uh, land Perseverance on Mars, and that was a really great thing. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to bring it right up. I'm just going to share my Chrome and uh, bring that up right now. Um, did you get a chance to watch that live, Chris? I, I was able to tune in. Just minutes before we started up. So, yes. Excellent. 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 Yeah, I paused. I actually paused the record. I was watching the live recording as they were going through and doing it. It's, it's an amazing thing. We, we talked about it on this show a couple of weeks ago. Um, now there are, um, you know, six different countries, nine different robots up there on Mars um, going around. It's just, have you been following much of the previous rovers? Uh, some of it, yes. Yeah, it's always and, uh, exciting to to see the NASA folks. You know, w we get excited for a moment, but yeah, yeah. they've got to be thrilled because they've been working on this stuff for years, a decade. Yeah, it's it's insane. And and when you go to look at these things, these things are huge vehicles. I mean, these are not like your little. Th these are your Kias. These are big monster, regular sized cars that they're launching across space to get out there and do. Um, so yeah, it's really good. It was really good news. Everything went safe and sound for them. They got some really good feedback. Uh, they have not gotten any pictures back yet. I don't think, but I'm going to go hit play again, just in case to go see what's on their live feed. No, not yet. Okay. So we'll come back to that. Maybe, maybe by the time we're done recording, but everybody go to nasa.gov. It's an amazing, uh, show out there if you didn't watch it watch these people get really excited seeing these scientists act like little kids when all their hard work pays off it's it's the ultimate science fair <laughs> it's gonna be interesting with this one i was reading that um on at least a couple of the other expeditions they have had microphones but mm -hmm. in one case the microphone failed and the other one there was a crash landing and of course it was destroyed so this may be the first time that we get any audio um, from another planet. It's it's they've got so many fun experiments scheduled for this thing, and and um, they landed in exactly the same spot that they wanted to. So now that they are going to get that ice um, check that they've been looking for and stuff, and it's going to be fun over the next few months as we start learning about these. Um, I did see a comment from someone. Uh, while I was watching the chat and they were like, so when do we see the live pictures? And I was like, we will, but there's 11 minutes delayed. That's how far out these things are. It takes 11 minutes at the speed of light to get there. So it, we're quite a ways back now. 
it's going to be fun. And speaking of other uh, stories that we covered uh, earlier this month here on Tech Talk Weekly was the one about uh, Facebook and Google uh, dealing with Australia. Um, So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the idea that Australia is putting in a new law that um, is going to charge specific large-scale companies, effectively only Facebook and Google, to uh, pay for links. If you're going to grab information off of a website and show it in Australia, you have to pay for that. Um, So two companies have taken really different turns. Um, The one uh, Google has been negotiating and putting up uh, different things so that they could pay different news sources so they can pay them to, for the right to link to their websites and show their uh, information on the news feed. And yesterday, Google, I'm sorry, uh, Facebook decided that, no, they're just going to pull out. Have you seen much about this one, Chris? I, I was reading the article that you sent over, yeah. It's, so let's uh, see if I can find like, link. Yeah, like there you see Facebook was starting to restore some of it. Um, yeah. yeah. And and part of it was they got so overwhelmed that they, or Facebook got so overhand, uh, heavy-handed with it that they knocked out all government sites off of right. Facebook also. And it was just crazy about how much, and it just shows you know how much power some of these um, companies have where they are, effectively um, doing, you know, government work. And it's been really a, a challenge, I think, to uh, see what, what, what can be done with this when a company is that large and has that much control over everything, what they can possibly do. Right. How much have you been following along with the Facebook and uh, Google news stuff, uh, especially the ones in Europe? Lot, but, but in part... Um... Some of it, yeah. Yeah, the 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 um, stuff in especially in Spain and Europe has been really interesting with Google because they don't have Google News like we do. Mm-hmm. Period. They, they they just decided to pull out, and now if Australia is not going to have Facebook, that's going to be an interesting thing to see, uh, just exactly where um, they can continue to go on. And this is obviously a changing story. It, it, if something really interesting happens with it, we'll update it again. Uh, I just don't see how Facebook can walk away from Australia. But yeah, maybe, then what kind of precedent does that set down the road? Yeah. I mean, Facebook is trying to claim, well, it's only 5% of our uh, people sharing in, in there comes from actual news sources. And I'm like, yeah, that might be an important 5%. Especially if you start going over there and knocking out full government resources and everything like that. So, yeah, I think they were saying it was knocking out some of the COVID nineteen information yeah. available to the public. Yeah, and everything, all the police pages were knocked out uh, for almost twenty four hours between yesterday and today for what happened there and everything. Just it just gets crazy for that. Um, and that, and I think that you come back to the idea of, you know, is are these companies here trying to make money, like all companies intend to do? But then, when do they become a public good that they should be required to carry services and things like that? So it's yeah. going to be an interesting way of moving forward to see. Especially, um, Microsoft two days ago suggested that this Australian law might be a good one for the United States. Also, 
kind of a little uh, dig, I think, by Microsoft on a competitor for search right. on what they want. But that's that's it's always a crazy change for that. Um, the main story, though, today that I found uh, this week was uh, one on emails. Now, this is not something like Chris, like you and I get in our emails here at work on, on a closed Outlook system where there is, you know, read receipts and you can see all these things and stuff like that. This here, um, and this article came out of, uh, from Fast Company, uh, just in case anybody wants to go check us up on it, go up and read the full article on us. Um, there is a tr way of tracking what you do in your email if you're using HTML emails. So what that does is it puts a single pixel, so a one by one pixel, so tinier than you can see, uh, just one little thing, just like the image behind Chris there is made up of all those pixels. It's just one tiny little picture that you couldn't see. And what happens is that pixel contains HTML code that goes back to the person who sent the email. Just like in a fairly standard email you would get that has pictures of click this link to subscribe or puts an advertisement or a picture of something on the page there for you as part of an HTML code. These tracking pixels are the same way, but there's no way of seeing them or telling that they're there. Um, and what happens is that HTML code can call back to its mothership to say, yes, I was read. And because it can do that, it can track all sorts of information about you, including what day, time, place that you're at it, location data. If you happen to read this on your phone, for example, and your email account on your phone or your web browser on your phone has your location, it gives all of this location to people and everything like that. Um, it's really interesting for marketers. It's a great tool. Hey, I can see exactly out of the 10,000 emails I sent, which of these, you know, which of the 10,000 who opened them and when and where and what time did they open them? Did they open them an hour later, six hours later, whatever? Did they not open them and just delete them? Because if you don't, if you, you can deduct that way. Um, what kind of stuff have you seen with that, Chris? Have you, have you uh, gotten any weird emails? No, but I, not that I'm aware of, but um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I was reading this and it was really frightening. Um, you know, they say very well that, that those pixels are, those tracking pixels are creepy. Um, yeah. That you don't even know. I, I'm glad to see that the article references some ways that you can turn that off or block it. Um, but yeah, it was really, I mean, we know that. Google and, and some of the other companies are using things to enhance what information is delivered to you and everything else, but where do they draw that line? Yeah, yeah. there's a, for our creation station monthly uh, program that we're going to do next Tuesday. Um, it's on coding. Uh, she probably won't talk about it, but I went one of our guests. I saw her in a, in a presentation where she talked about how they can design their app so that they can detect how slowly you scrolled when you went past an ad or went past a post mm. so that they can see that you slow, you were just zoom, 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 swiping through really fast. And then you slowed at this particular spot and what was on the screen when you slowed and why, so that they can grab that and track it and do that kind of stuff. It's, it's really, 
you know, intense how much of this we've just accepted into our lives nowadays um, without ever really thinking about all the consequences. Yeah, it, it's great that we have access to all this information um, or the capabilities with email or instant messaging or whatever, but um, yeah, we don't know what all's behind that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested about that because, uh, by the way, um, if you're if you are interested in stopping this, by the way, in case you are, which I'm going to guess a vast majority of people are, um, if you're using Chrome or Firefox as your browser when you're reading email, they have uh, extensions in there that can do that. If you're on your phone, or if you're uh, using a regular email client, like a program that you would download, like Outlook automatically has us turned off, so they can't do it through Outlook. I'm going to have to go add my uh, other emails. I've got my Outlook at home has two of my emails, but it doesn't have the third one. I think I'm going to need to go add that third one in there now to uh, to, to, to automatically take care of that. Uh, but iOS and Mac, you can go in. It's all under your preferences. Um, and you're going to uncheck remote content is what you're going to be looking for in those settings or asking about displaying external images. If you've got those disabled, then these can't affect you at the time. Um, and at bare minimum, go check your settings and set it to ask before showing. So at least that way you have some control over when this happened to you. Yeah. I, I, and the, the other thing that ties into um, one of the uh, one of my normal things for VR, because when you're in VR and AR, you're whatever you look at can be tracked exactly there by pixel by pixel where your retina is going back and forth. So we all have to get used to this idea that we're going to be tracked, and we need control over who's going to have the data and who's going to use it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a more fun topic for you though, Chris. Okay. I got a much more interesting. <laughs> it's something better. NASA was pretty cool. Uh, this one, not so much. Um, but this one here is called the scanner in your pocket. And I know a lot of people are working from home, and it's tax season also. And you may not have a scanner at home to scan those W-2s if you need to scan them to send them to anyone. Now, or it's not now, but I, I this is a really good reminder. And Chris clued me in that this would be a good topic to bring up this time of year was using your phone to generate the PDF itself. So you can just take a picture of the, any document that you have using your phone's camera, create a PDF of that. Important to have a PDF because you can't really alter it that easily. You've got a good record of it. And then you can send that off to whoever you need to, if you're going to upload that onto a website for your things or anything like that. So. Um, it's a really straight thing, both in Android and in iOS. You can go in and generate it just by opening up your Google Drive and taking a picture, or you could and uh, go into the Notes app on iOS and take your picture there and be able to upload and do those. I think, have you tried doing this before, Chris? Um, I tried it recently, kind of from a genealogy point of view, with like, with like a birth certificate um, using the Android phone. And yeah. It, it, yeah seem to do very, very well. What kind of genealogy stuff were you working on? Um, it was on my wife's side of the family. Um, so again, it was looking at a scanning a, a birth certificate that's um, from out of the country. Nice. So, and it's able to pick up all the detail on it and stuff like that? 
seemed like it, like I said, it did very, very well. And then of course right. it was just looking at it on the phone, but you could easily enlarge it and mm -hmm. drill down into, you know, look at the detail of the text. Yeah. They've, um, I've seen also in creation station, we've had people come in with, um, some stands, uh, to drop their phones onto, to start uh, scanning books and stuff like right. that, where they can put their book underneath it and take the photo up above and go click, click, click and going on through. Um, what kind of a, uh, program are you using ancestry or what are you using to do your genealogy? Um, I, I've got a different program, uh, that I'm putting the family tree in. Okay. Um, I think it's called root. Roots Magic, um, the one I okay. have been using went out of went out of business a few years ago, um, but yeah, when plugging Ancestry, um, we because of the pandemic and and such, um, Ancestry has been available for remote access through the library website. Of course, you have to have a library card. Um, whereas before the pandemic, you actually had to go into a library and access it on a library computer. Um, so that's been nice. I, I had used it before, but it was nice to dive back in uh, remotely, not having to go in, come into work or go to one of the other libraries to access it. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually, I use Ancestry myself, uh, but for a totally different reason for writing. Um, you can use you can use the free, free website for Ancestry. You still have to see a couple of ads sometimes. But on mine, um, when you're creating new people that don't exist, um, a lot of the ads get foiled because <laughs> they don't know how to connect me. So I'm uh, in part of my writing projects and my fiction and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll make family trees so I can keep track of who, who's related to everybody and where all <laughs> those. Oh, wait, your second cousin. Wait, that means he's got to have a third. He's got his mother had to be related to this person and go in and, and do the tracking like that. It's a lot of fun to do that stuff for my game. Right. And um, so, yeah, now that everybody has access to it for free from everywhere, it's been really useful. It's been a lot of fun. And Chris, you brought us a fun, cool library thing of some new books that the library just got in. Yeah, we just received uh, this past week, I, I turned off that background, um, about nine different titles, I think it is, and uh, going right up now for so. Great White Sharks. I brought up the library catalog one for the Great White Shark one here. Okay, so yeah, there's a couple of Great White Sharks and then several on the planets and moon and things. Um, I took a look at one of the great white shark ones and it's it's kind of cool because you you scan a qr code on the front of the cover um mm -hmm. to download an app and then from there uh there's usually about three pages in the book that will have a qr code it's like something show this one real quick nope your background oh. is still showing chris oh sorry i thought i turned it off There we go. There we go. So you can see there's a QR code on the bottom of that page. And if it's got the, the viewer there, then you can um, download that app onto your phone, start up, scan that QR code, and then it will start. And you can load, let's see if I can show this quickly. Um, it, it comes with a little oh, nice. so like, like card Google Cardboard. Yep. There's a way to park your phone in there. And then essentially use it as a cheap VR viewer and doing one of the great white shark ones. It was like, I was in the shark cage underwater 
and I could 360, I could turn around, I could see a sea turtle swimming by. Nice. Manta rays, um, a giant great white, didn't attack me, but <laughs> eyed me for, for supper. Um, so nice. yeah, very interesting. Nice. I can see where it's uh, a really engaging educational tool for the kids. Yeah. And those, I know that we're uh, be giving out the cardboard viewers with the books when you check them out. Um, and you can still do curbside to check out your books, by the way, everybody. So you can also call the library, put the book on hold, and we'll give you a call. Come pick it up. Don't even have to come into the building. And you get to keep that cardboard viewer because we can't recycle them. We can't reuse them. Uh, in the future, um, we you could also use your merge goggles. Uh, and we have those for checkout at the library, not currently, but soon. Um, as we get some better um, dissecting techniques on those, the merge goggles you could use also with these because um, you could drop your phone into a merge goggle and then have that set up there. And if you don't have any goggles, you can just do it with your phone. You can just look at the screen and, and look around and just seeing the screen. You won't get the full 3D effect of it, but it'll be how many, how many of these books did you think you, we got out at the branches now, do you think, Chris? Uh, there's, there's, well, these were the newest, the first and the newest one. So um, there's nine of these. Excellent. Okay, great. Assuming we'll get more. Yeah. And then, yeah, and that's at uh, most of the branches are going to have these by now. So, you know, look it up in the catalog or give your local library a call. What else is going on out there at uh, Dania there, Chris? Um, not too much. Uh, we've got a staff member working on a project for bird watching backpacks. So that'll be coming up. In probably the next two or three months, where nice. if you're really into bird watching, you can check out the backpack uh, with have binoculars, bird watching, identification guide, things like that. Um, that would definitely be something to keep, with, keep an eye uh, on out there. Yeah, partnership with Parks and Rec, Park, Parks and oh, Recreation cool. from the county as cool. well. Cool, fun, and so and that's going to be available at the Daniel Library only. Uh, no, um, there should be twelve backpacks and. Initially, we're envisioning that they'll be available at all of the South Cluster libraries. Oh, great. So the South Cluster libraries are all the people in Hollywood and Dania Beach, you know, uh, going west uh, out into Davie, um, all the way out to um, South Regional Library, all the way out in Pembroke Pines. Actually, not, not Davie. Oh. Uh, Davie's part of the Central Cluster. Oh, now. okay, 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 okay. Miramar, Pembroke Pines. Gotcha. West Park, yeah. Nice. Nice. That'll be fun. Well, thank you very much for coming along here today, Chris, and playing with us on the fun little show here we've got. Let me throw up our little thing here. As a reminder for everybody, uh, you can always email us, creationstation at Broward.org. Uh, if you have any ideas, if you want to see your favorite librarian or library featured on a week, let me know. If you've got a story that you want to send us, let us know about it. We'll, all, we'll take all your suggestions, creationstation at Broward.org. We'll see you next week. Have a great day. Yeah.